Oramai, good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. On the programme this week, celebrating 200 years of life in a Ramsey church, finding out what really happens when you take a leap of faith, and Ruth Rice says being needy is something we should all try. But first, there's music, and we begin with one of the hymns that'll be sung at a special service in St Paul's Church in Ramsey next Sunday morning. Thy hand, O God, has guided thy flock from age to age. And, O God, has guided thy flock from age to age. Sung there for us by Huddersfield Choral Society. But next Sunday morning, it'll be one of the hymns that will be sung at a special service of Holy Communion, led by the Lord Bishop, the Right Reverend Peter Eagles, to give thanks for 200 years of life and worship in St Paul's Church in Ramsey. St Paul's Church is a distinctive building in the heart of the town, close to both the beach and the shopping centre, and a couple of days ago I popped into the church and found Martin Barrow and Viv Hare hard at work, preparing for the anniversary celebrations. The ideal people to tell me more about the church and everything that'll be happening at St Paul's later this week. 
I started by asking Martin Barrow if his has been a long association with the church. Yeah, I guess I've been coming to St Paul's for the best part of 40 years. My wife and I are one of a few couples who've been married in St Paul's over the last 40 years. There's been one or two of us, but it's a fairly rare occurrence. And I'm currently the treasurer of Mackled and South Ramsey PCC, which oversees the church, and also I'm the lay chair of the PCC. You know, we all know that money has been tight over recent years and it's no different for us. So it is always a balancing act, keeping a big building like this going for the future. Let's go back to the beginning now, because we're standing in a a fine big church with a, a gallery. But it wasn't always like this, was it? No, the church was originally built during the early 1820s to be completed in 1822. And when it was built... It was built basically as a rectangle and it was built because Ramsey had grown to a massive population of 1,500 plus people and the little church chapel at Belor was considered to be incapable of dealing with that number of people because it was a time when virtually everybody attended church or chapel or the Catholic church on a Sunday. It actually grew quite quickly and the side aisles came along fairly shortly thereafter. The first change was they built a gallery at the back of the church and that was that was built in 1830 only eight years after the church had opened and believe it or not that was built to accommodate the huge number of children who were coming to church back then and then in 1844 the the north and the south wings of the church were built each with a gallery above which increased the capacity of the church almost twofold compared to what we had before. I mean, this was the the turning point, if you like, in Ramsey's development in the sense that it was beginning to grow from what was basically a small fishing village into the the town that would be the host to thousands and thousands of tourists as we went through the late 1800s and into the early 1900s. And it, it was growing exponentially at that period in time. But even back when the church was built... The harbour came all the way into where the present church railings are because they hadn't filled in the marketplace by then. It was still part of the harbour. And these are the fascinating little insights that we get when we delve into the history. So it is good to be reminded how different Ramsey looked at the time that this church was built. Yes, I think we, we have to remember that a lot of what we regard as Ramsey now is reclaimed from the sea. Water came in, came down what is Dale Street to the side of a church, out where Lock House is, halfway up Waterloo Road, it was all water. So a lot of, a lot of the town at that time wasn't the town at all. It was, it was underwater, as was the Murwick, of course, back then. So Ramsey looks very different now to how it would have looked when this church first opened. Over the years, I've been in St Paul's Church many times, for services and for concerts. But I'm ashamed to say that I've never noticed just how much beautiful stained glass there is. Every single window is vibrant with colour and tells a different story. Viv Hare is another member of the team preparing for the anniversary celebrations and is also a member of St Paul's Church Choir. Well, there's a variety of different windows, mostly dedicated to specific people who had connections with the church in Ramsey. So we've got a window that was dedicated to the infant school headmistress in Ramsey, and we've got another one that was for the head of Ramsey National School for Girls. And then we've got one over there that's dedicated to 
one of the doctors who looked after so many people in Ramsey. Obviously, the main stained glass windows behind the altar. We've also got a very interesting window. This is my favourite window because I sit in the choir, so I look at this every time. This is the saint's window. And here we have depicted a whole series of saints, all with symbols which tell the story of who they were and what they did. Because in the old days, the idea was that if you had a stained glass window with a picture, it told the story for people who didn't necessarily read terribly well. Each of the saints there has a symbol that tells all about them and whether they were martyred and how they were martyred and all the rest. So there's a whole variety of wonderful windows that look different at different times of the day. It's just another layer to the rich history of this church, isn't it? It is. These, these windows are absolutely beautiful. And uh, Constant Ratcliffe wrote about them in her book. Very beautiful windows, well worth a visit. We've got a booklet and also, for instance, on the saint's window there, I've actually done a, two sheets which explain all the symbols so that you can understand who they were and what happened to them. And also, we've got a quiz for during the few days of the bicentenary. And I think, if memory serves me correctly, one of the questions is about something in one of the windows. So we'd better not talk anymore, otherwise we'll be giving the answer away, won't we? Absolutely, yeah. And you can find out all about the quiz if you call into St Paul's Church during their celebrations later this week. I wondered if Sunday's Thanksgiving service would include any hymns chosen specially for the anniversary. As a member of the church choir, Viv knew the answer to that. We love the place, O Lord, is one of the ones that we're singing, because apparently they did used to sing that on the anniversary of the dedication of our church. The verses say we love the font and we love the altar. As I understand it, the choir and the congregation used to go round and sort of stand by the items as they were singing about them.
We Love the Place, O Lord, the hymn traditionally sung at the consecration of a church, which will be sung again in St Paul's at their service of thanksgiving next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But the 200th anniversary celebrations actually start before then, as Martin Barrow now explains. We're starting on Thursday, and on Thursday we're opening up what will be a mini flower festival in church alongside a display of photographs of South Ramsey and the church from the 1820s onwards. A lot of those photos, I'm assured, have never been seen before, never been put on the display before, so it'll be an interesting chance to see those. And the other thing we're, we're retrieving from the Manx Museum, who kindly store all our older artefacts, we're retrieving as many as we can, they will also go on display and it will be perhaps a once in 50 year opportunity to see those because normally they're tucked away for safekeeping. So we start on the Thursday. Yep. So the church will be open every day from the Thursday from 10 in the morning till 5.30 in the evening, apart from Sunday when it'll close at 4.30. Alongside what's happening in church, there'll be refreshments every day being served in the hall and a part of the big celebration that marks the actual day on the Thursday, there'll be a hog roast out on the grass area, we're hoping, weather permitting. There'll be a bouncy castle that children can come along and uh, you know, have fun on. It will be supervised. And various other bits and pieces happening. And we're not charging a set fee for any of that. If people come and they enjoy the hog roast and want to put a donation in, that's up to them. But we're not asking people to pay to take part in our celebration. If we can manage overall to cover the costs, that would be great. Well, it sounds as though you are giving the community a lovely celebration, that it, it's, it's open to everybody. So that's Thursday, and then the church will continue to be open Friday, Saturday. Yes, on Sunday, we're having a celebration Eucharist led by the Lord Bishop. That is at the earlier time this week, of, of that week of 10 o'clock, and that's partly because of the constraints that the Manx Grand Prix practices bring. But the service will start at 10. Anyone is welcome to come, and we'd be very pleased to see lots of people from the town attending, and there will be some refreshments after that service. The church will then be open in the afternoon till 4.30 for anybody who's not had a chance to come along and have a look, to come and have a look before we have to start taking things down. Martin, it sounds wonderful. St Paul's Church does have a great reach into the community. You have the hall that's attached to the church, which is an absolutely invaluable resource to the community and hosts all kinds of activities, doesn't it? Probably one of the unusual things about St Paul's Church is that lots of people from the town who don't necessarily attend every Sunday still regard it, I think, as their church. So we have celebrations for baptism, less celebratory events such as funerals but we host really big events like big concerts we've hosted civic services on a number of occasions over the time i've been coming and it's amazing how often people turn to the church as, as somewhere to come and you're right the hall is probably one of the most popular venues in ramsey in terms of lots of community groups hiring the hall using it for a wide range of things anything from dancing and we've got a wind band practicing there and playing there we have a stay and play that happens in there on a on a wednesday and we've we've built up a, a very close relationship over the last four or five years in particular with the methodists who were in waterloo road and the urc church who both had to let their buildings go so they they base their worship in the hall on a sunday but they have helped to increase the number of groups that are using it because they no longer have hall to let out.
And isn't it significant that, that we would reflect on that at this moment in the, the 200th anniversary of the church's history? The church is moving on and is responding to the present need of the community. 200 years ago, you might never have imagined that you would be hosting two other denominations who were brave enough to let their, their, their big church buildings go. So it, it is a great sign of hope for the future, isn't it? Oh yes, it's certainly a sign of hope for the future. Um, I mean, 200 years ago, when this church was built, there was no money to pay the clergyman a stipend because in those days, stipends mainly depended on having land and this church had no land. So they had to rely on the rent for the pews. And indeed, there was no vicarage till quite a long way into its history till one of the vicars was able to draw on family resources to create a vicarage. So the church changed, the way it presented to the community has changed, and I would say that anybody who came in now, who came 200 years ago, would probably see some fam familiar things, but a lot of things that are very different. And that's the lovely thing about our churches, isn't it? That there will always be a core of familiarity, a core that will be exactly the same. But it is good that things aren't the same. It is good that, that it's moving on. It's a sign of life. And as you say, it's a sign of hope. I will be back on Thursday. The thing that's mostly attracting me are the old photographs, because we do love these old photographs that, that show us a glimpse of, of what we could not have seen. We absolutely do. I think you know everybody finds the photographs really interesting and inviting and we're very grateful to the people who put it on and to their sponsors, Canes. It's been really important to have that link to the past in what we're doing this week. Thank you to Martin Barrow and Viv Hare from St Paul's Church in Ramsey that celebrates its 200th anniversary later this week. And now we're off down south to Port St Mary again. In August, three years ago, at the end of Beach Mission Fortnight, I sat on the promenade and chatted with husband and wife Alison and John Taylor. After a period working with Scripture Union Ministries Trust here on the island, they felt that the time was right to move back to Alison's native Scotland. They really felt this was a call from God. And although both have professional qualifications and work experience, neither had a job to go to or indeed any real plan for their future. This month, Alison and John were back on the island as senior leaders with the Port St Mary's Scripture Union Beach Mission, a perfect chance for me to find out what happened when they took that leap of faith three years ago. Well, so for me, I, I spent a couple of months kind of settling in, waiting for disclosures to come back. And then I got a job as a math teacher, which is uh, what I kind of qualified to do before I worked for SUMT. That was in a school that actually burnt down. You might have heard of that in the news. <laughs> so we were across eight different sites. So it was quite a different experience when it came to teaching. And I'm still at that school just now. Did it make teaching more of a challenge or did it bond you together more? It, it was a bit of both. It, it definitely was a challenge. Sometimes people were going into rooms and having absolutely no equipment and uh, just having to make something up for an hour and a half. But as we got used to it, we got more equipment in, things got a little bit easier and there were definitely things that were nice about it and it did bond the, the staff quite a lot and uh, we just had to learn a new, a new way of teaching and some new skills. John, let me ask you, what happened when you went across? So I spent a few months looking for work, getting involved with stuff at church, helping with the worship group and alpha courses and that kind of thing. And then when COVID hit, it became an opportunity and I started working in a supermarket. I've been there since COVID hit, really, just doing that and working in church and volunteering where I can, really. 
at the core of both of you is your strong Christian faith. So do you find that, that you get the opportunity to, to talk about what is really important to you? Well, when I told my colleagues that I was coming to the Isle of Man for two weeks to help run a children's event with my holiday, they were quite shocked, I think, in most cases. Most of them just couldn't understand why anybody would want to do that. There was some opportunity to kind of talk with my faith about some of my colleagues um, but just in the way that I am around the workplace I hope that I am a positive influence there and in the language that I use and the way that I go about my job being influential to people in that way as much as anything else. In my department there's a fairly large department so of course there's often uh, some division in the department and I try quite hard to not get involved in the kind of bad mouthing each other and things like that and try to just be a, a positive person as I come in. So I'm actually only there part time at the moment and so one of my aims is to come in part way through the week and try and have a, a positive influence on people. What about young people and faith? Do you think young people are searching or do you think young people are getting very secularised? I think they absolutely are searching. We've almost passed a stage where they're not interested in things and now actually we've reached a stage where fairness and understanding each other and, and loving and, and accepting people is a really key part of teenagers' lives now. And I think they are actually searching for something something beyond that as well, but they don't necessarily have the, the background that in the past past generations had they're kind of starting from scratch i think one of the the most important things is utilizing the people that we have i'm working with the teenagers at the minute on the mission and i've been really encouraged today by some of the stories they've got of god working in their lives so we're trying to encourage them to go to their peers at school and share with them their faith and share with them these stories of all the things that god is doing i think if we can start with people that they already know and people that they connect with already then that's the best place to start really Part of what we're really trying to do is to, to give them the opportunity to share that in a safe space so that they then have the courage when their friends ask them at school, what were you doing in your summer, that they can go and say to them, well, this is what I was doing. I was learning about God and Jesus and how he loves us. And particularly younger children have a, a really inspirational innocence when it comes to faith and that they will just say things because they believe them and they don't kind of choose their words very carefully. They just say what they believe and they're, they're passionate about it. John, do you get any sense that you've become the kind of supermarket chaplain? <laughs> I don't know about supermarket chaplain, but I think definitely in the department that I was working in, yeah, I was the person that people felt they could come and talk to and I was a safe person to talk to and I wasn't going to judge them for what they thought or what they believed. Well, three years ago when we talked, you were going with with no ideas of, of what the future might hold for you, just that it was time to move. It's been really hard for me because I very much have always had a sense of calling to work in a Christian environment. So I really struggle not being in that environment. But it is very clearly where God has put me at the moment. And every other door I've tried has been shut and these doors have opened and opened very freely and willingly. Similarly, I'm also now part-time working for my church as children and families worker. So I'm involved with, with a toddler group, but also establishing other aspects of children's work within the church. So we've started a small group that's a, a daytime one that's aimed at parents either with small children or who can't get out in the evenings because they've got children at home to look after. I'm also involved in the Sunday morning children's work. And one of the other big aspects that's come up recently is about inclusion of people with additional needs and how we can be more 
were inclusive within the children's work but also just as a church in, in general. I knew that job was going to exist and kind of had my eye on it and I thought oh maybe do a little bit of supply teaching to, to get some extra income. Actually I've ended up with a contract in my school and now I kind of enjoy that different aspect and it's very easy to get stuck in a kind of Christian bubble when you are in ministry full time and actually it's good getting to know, know other people and, and making some other friendships and being able to have that influence in a secular environment. When it helps you to understand other people and where they might be coming from and as part of my work with church I am obviously working with families that are not from the church and I think getting to know people on a friendship level um, within school is very helpful. Probably the most exciting thing I'm doing in a church context is in other churches so I work with a charity called Walk Through the Bible and I run sessions for churches where we walk through the whole of the Old Testament in a day and try and help them remember that. It's a ministry that's done with both adults in churches and in schools. So SUMT have now started doing that in schools on the island and they've already got about seven schools where they're going in and just teaching the stories of the Bible to kids who've never heard them before. Uh, And the work with adults is then able to support them doing that, which I think is amazing. Thank you, John and Alison Taylor, taking a leap of faith and trusting God's plan for their lives. Ruth Rice is someone else who trusts God's plan for her life, even in her darkest times of breakdown. And it was following her own breakdown that Ruth founded Renew Wellbeing, cafe-style safe spaces where everyone is welcomed, supported and gently encouraged to find their own pathway to mental health. Each week, Ruth shares with us another letter from her personal alphabet of well-being, in the hope that what's good for her might be good for us too. Today, we've reached the letter N. N is for neediness as a good thing. We often say, mm, they're a bit needy, aren't they? You know, as, it, as a, it's a problem in someone's character. See, I've always been like, so not wanting to be needy that I got a bit too independent at times. My mum will tell you that even when I was little, I was about one and a half and I broke my collarbone falling down the stairs and um, I've had lots of accidents since then, actually, because I'm not very careful. But anyway, neediness was certainly not something I had even then. And I, even as a little girl, with my shoulders sort of strapped back, I wanted to put my own coat on, I wanted to feed myself, I caused them a bit of a nightmare... In some ways, it's given me an ability to be able to go and have some adventures. But, you know, when I wasn't well, I did find I could rely on those people around me that had been offering to be my support anyway, but I hadn't been able to receive their help. And sometimes being a little bit needy, just a little bit able to receive some help, gives someone else the opportunity to serve you. Always wanting to be the one doing the giving means that it's quite hard for other people to give to us. So if you're like me, if you're somebody you'd rather give than receive, maybe practice a little bit of a little bit of neediness just to give other people the chance to serve you. So in neediness is a good thing. See what you think of that.
And that's almost all we have time for today. So let's finish with a look at our notice board, starting with things happening today. This afternoon at three o'clock, there'll be a Thanksgiving service at the Lifeboat Station in Peel. All are welcome to acknowledge how much we value this vital service. And also at three o'clock this afternoon, Abbeylands Chapel welcome friends old and new to their service that'll be led by Reverend Sean Turner from Colby. There's a concert in St Thomas's Church here in Douglas on Wednesday night at a quarter to eight and in St Catherine's Church in Port Erin on Thursday night also at quarter to eight. Lots more details about those on Sundown tonight. And we end with a reminder of the 200th anniversary celebrations in St Paul's Church in Ramsey later this week. On Thursday, Friday and Saturday, the church will be open to welcome visitors from 10am to half past five. With a flower festival, photo exhibition and other displays in the church and refreshments in Café San Paolo in the church lounge. And that community celebration afternoon with a hog roast and activities for children in the church gardens is on Thursday from two o'clock. And the special celebration service of Holy Communion, led by Bishop Peter, is in St Paul's Church, Ramsey, next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I'll be back in the studio tonight from 9 o'clock with Sundown. Easy listening music to round off the weekend and lots more concert and community event news. I'd love you to join me if you can. And do please email me if you've items for the notice board. My address is judithlay at manxradio.com. So till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning. Mm-hmm.